Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Good morning, Real Life Church. We are so glad you're worshiping with us this morning, whether you're at church online or right here at Kentucky Trail. We just wanted to invite you to get on your feet, put your hands together, and sing along. shed your blood so I'm gonna live like my shame is gone I won't be shackled by the way things were so I'm gonna live like my chains are gone
As we continue to worship this morning, this next song is about our, our, our cry to, for God to be in this place and to be the center of our lives. So let's sing.
ask you to fill this place, God, because you're the giver of love and grace, God. And you're the giver of hope, a hope that gives us power beyond this life, beyond our circumstances, and beyond the grave, God. You are alive today, and you're our living hope, and we worship you. Oh
And church, can we give it up for God this morning? Man, he is our living hope. He's the one that breaks chains. Hey, take a quick sec. Pray with me, guys. God, we just come before you. God, it's just so, so awesome. It's such a great privilege just to come before you and be able to worship your name. God, to realize that you've broken the chains of sin and death in our life. God, as we look back on our past, we know that there's so many things that we wish we could go back and change, and we know that we can, but we know that we have a Savior. We have you. You can change our future, and God, we give you all the glory and praise for it, and we lift up all these things in your name. Amen. Can we get it for God just one more time this morning? That's right. That's right. Man, I love worship with you guys. You guys do a great job, and God loves your worship. Hey, before we get started, I want to do something real special. I want to welcome Church Online today. We are coming to you guys live from Real Life Church. So can we give everybody here that's uh, in person, can we give everybody online just a big round of applause? That's right, man, we love having you guys follow along. If you're with us in person, you guys go ahead and grab a seat. Hey, I wanna, I wanna welcome anybody that's new with us today. I want you guys to know if you're new that you are our honored guest and that you're here with us today just means the world, uh, means the world to us. And we're excited to see what God has for you guys today. So I want to invite you guys to fill out something called a digital communication card. You can do that by texting RLNEW to 97000. What we'll do is we'll have a team member reach out to you over the phone, and they just want to connect with you, answer any questions you've got, and man, just make you feel at home here and let you know that you're loved. Man, because we want something for you. We don't want something from you. And in fact, if you didn't uh, have a chance to stop in the hub at the New Year booth on the way in. Please come hang out with us a second there. Share your story. We've got a free gift. We would just love to hang out with you a little bit. So we would love to see you there. Also, if you're new, we just want to challenge you. Just like this song talk about God, you know, God bridges every chasm. God has uh, broken every chain. And for so many of us, I don't know, I don't know all your guys' stories, but maybe you walked in here today and maybe you just have a burden that you're ready to let go of. Maybe you have something that is holding you back, an addiction, a broken relationship. Man, I don't know what it is, but I know that God has a promise for you. God has an awesome purpose in your life. And if you give God the next three weeks, man, I know that he can change your future. And you can get on mission with him. And that's what we have here at Real Life. We have a mission. And our mission is to see people far from God discover the real life of purpose in Jesus. So I would love to, guys, I just love to challenge you guys just to hang out for the next three weeks and just, you know, lean in on God and see what he can't do to change your guys' life and just to bring that radical purpose home for you guys. And I love coming to Real Life. Can you guys same way? You guys love Real Life, right? There's a reason I love Real Life. Man, we are real. And we're in the midst of a series called Hard Questions. And we have hard questions that so many of us are scared to, to lean into, scared to ask, or even think about. But I want you guys to really listen today. Lean in as Pastor Sean brings another message on hard questions. Come on, Barry's looking good today. Welcome to Real Life, everybody. Happy uh, Labor Day weekend, by the way. You guys decided to get another day off? Yeah, you didn't make it to the lake, I'm sorry, but if you're at the lake, we still love you, so wish I was there now. Come on, somebody. Um, but seriously, I want to say thanks to everybody. All you guys hardworking, uh, providing for your families, I want to say a special thank you to everybody who serves on our dream team, makes this gathering possible, comes early every week, sets up, tears down, not even just that, but serves in the kids and everything. Can you give up this holiday weekend for our dream team? Come on, let them know you love them. Seriously. I mean, they're like the tip of the spear, and uh, they do so much every single week, so just very grateful for that. 
In a few weeks, we kick off our fall life groups, and I encourage you to get connected, get signed up. You can go online, check them out. Uh, they're available for you to look at them and get signed up. And let me tell you why we do this. This is so important. Why do we have life groups? Maybe you're new, never been to one, or maybe been around since we've launched, and you're like, man, I don't know about this semester. It's awfully busy, yada, yada. Why do we do this? It's so important to understand that God created us to be in relationships, not in isolation. He created us to be around each other. Matter of fact, he said, love God and to love people. And if you want to get connected here at Real Life, uh, this is just a part of our mission. It's like the foundation is relationships. And so Life Groups is your place to get connected. So it's an all-skate moment. Come on, somebody. This is for everybody. Uh, and so get connected. There's groups, uh, all sorts of groups. We have 15 of them. And uh, I've got one. I'm not going to say sign up for it, but you should. Uh, come on, somebody. Um, Brian, he's he's but Freedom Group is the group. I will say that. Go to Freedom Group if you've never been a life group yet or have not been to Freedom. It's about getting past your past. And so I encourage you to be a part of that. Another thing is this. Uh, we got coming up. we got our birthday party coming up in just a month, a little less than a month. And so we're excited to be baptizing. And so if you need to get baptized, you've not been baptized, you know Jesus. We'd love to be a part of that. There's some more details on that later today. Well, I'm excited to jump into our fourth and final part of this series called Questions. And so far, this series, uh, man, we've, di- we've dived into some pretty difficult topics, some hard topics, and today is going to be a hard topic, and not just hard, it's a hot topic. Matter of fact, today is a very controversial topic. And so what I want to do as we're leading today and we're uh, talking today, I'll encourage you to text in your questions to RLQuestions97000, and uh, we're going to have another conversation on Tuesday, because I guarantee you I'm not going to answer all your questions. We're back on Facebook Live, and so pitch them in there. You guys have asked some phenomenal questions over the last three weeks, and uh, some are very, very heartfelt. Some are crazy, weird about ninjas. It's cool. Uh, We love you. Um, It's fun. But I encourage you to text any questions. Well, today is going to be one of those days, okay? I'm praying for unity and encouragement, talking about a controversial topic, a topic that everybody has an opinion on. Uh, You're probably tired of hearing about, but you're going to hear about it again. Come on. And uh, we're going to ask the question, should you get vaccinated? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, I told, now I'm going to introduce Barry, our speaker for the day. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be good. Hey, uh, I will say this. You will be befriended and offended today in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. It's going to happen. It's just going to be out there. I'm just going to start with that. And I will say, before you walk out the back, I will say, or swipe past this message while you're watching later online or online now, that this is probably the most relevant and needed and heartfelt uh, most practical message during COVID in 2021 that I think we all need, and maybe we've forgotten some things along the way. But in this season, there is so much division. I mean, is Fauci my friend or is Fauci my foe? Do I follow the CDC guidelines? Do I follow the recommendations? Do I get vaccinated like 53% of the United States? Or am I supposed to stay like the 55% of Missourians that are unvaccinated? Man, does it really matter that it's now FDA approved? Is that like a big deal? Is that a change? Does science point to the vaccination or not? Is the government behind this? Come on, somebody. Is this population control? Is Bill Gates putting 5G antennas in us? Come on. That's what Diane, she would love to have a 5G antenna. She already told me. If he's doing that, sign me up for two. I want to get perfect cell phone signal, right? I mean, should the schooler mask without a mask? I mean, it's on, on, on. There's a very real tension in this season between mask and no mask, vaccination, no vaccination, fear and faith, freedom and government control, fear and facts. I mean, I'm just curious. I'm going to start out with uh, you guys participating because of that kind of church. It's way more fun you guys participate. But how many of you are highly passionate, highly opinionated about masks, about politics, or about vaccines? Put your hand there right now. Come on, put them up. 
Come on, dude. Church in a good place to lie. I see y'all on Facebook. I know where you're going. Put those hands up high. Don't be scared. It's not bad to have you passionate about what you believe in. Come on. All right, put those hands down. Uh, let's see. How many of you have gotten a passionate dialogue with somebody about masks or vaccines or politics? Come on, put your hands in the air. A little bit. Listen a little bit. I'm not going to call anybody out, but Jared, come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right put your hands down all right how many of you have lost a friendship like have separated ways because of your position or their position on mask vaccines or politics in the season put your hand there just a few of us huh uh-huh. I know I have you put your hands down I've lost some friends I've been unfollowed come on somebody click I've been lame blasted if you had, if you've had to make a decision for an organization or in leadership or in politics or school or anything like that you have been not popular you're not winning people in this season and so I've been called a few choice names I won't use up here I've been in that boat I've lost some friends and uh, I'm not even that over the top passionate about it but I'm in a position of leadership that's just kind of goes how many of you guys are completely over mask COVID and politics come on put your hands there right now Come on, that's everybody, right? Hopefully. All right, put your hands down. Man, there's so much division on this topic. Matter of fact, uh, just a few weeks ago, the Raymore Community Page had shared a post from the Raypex School Board meeting about masks and new policies, procedures, working through the school year. And they shared this. And by the way, I will say that school board meetings have never been more popular. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's probably more people logging on and watching school board meetings than any time in the history of the world. I've never seen so many more posts about local government or school boards in my life. So Ray Peck, they made decisions about their mask, got shared on the Raymore community page, and all of a sudden it was like World War III. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, it's my, my, my kids, my choice, right? Like, I, I can do what I want. Like, bunch of sheep out there. Come on. No one heard that yet, right? Or people just fighting back and forth. Like, my kids can't get vaccinated. You should do this. And all of a sudden, it just breaks out. And so it's just going on and on and on and on. And you guys have seen this, right? I mean, like every third post on Facebook is this. This is how it goes. Well, there's a lady that moved to our community just a little less than a year ago, and she'd been on this page. And for the first time, she kind of saw, like, this side of things. And she was just taken back. She's like, I can't believe, like, there's so many opinions and everybody's so passionately in their positions. And it just, like, lost the love, you know? Like, we lost the love a long time ago in the COVID season. Like, there's a lot of critics. And it's just blown up. And this lady said, I, I really just got to unfollow this. Like, I don't want to be a part of this group anymore. And so she left. There's a buddy of mine that got on right behind that comment, and he said, hey, the, guys, once you look back at the rules on the page, you shouldn't allow this kind of division and arguments. That's actually why you shouldn't have the page. And so they started changing it, and they started deleting things they had posted, and things are different. But the reality is she unfollowed the group. And I just think in 2021, how many people have unfollowed Jesus or have unfollowed the church or unfollowed God because of the posts or comments of Christians? Now I'm not popular anymore. <laughs> but that's the reality. How many people have walked away from God because of some of our comments? Now, I believe you should be passionate. Don't get me wrong. I think you should have a position. I think you should know the facts. I think you should be all about it. But I can remind us today that the greatest or highest calling of a Christian is not being right. It isn't being right. Matter of fact, the highest call of a Christian isn't even truth. Now, you can, you can sound clip that and make that into some heresy. But it's not. It's not. There's truth and grace. It's grace and truth. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about that. The highest call of a Christian isn't being right and knowing everything. Matter of fact, the highest call of a Christian isn't serving. The highest call of a Christian isn't serving the poor and, and giving back to people and being available and being on the dream team. All those are really great things. They're very noble things. They're things you should do as a Christian. Matter of fact, the highest call of a Christian isn't evangelism. 
It's not reaching out to your neighbor with the gospel. That's not the highest call of a Christian. That, and it should do that. We want the world to come to Jesus. We are that church, a church for people far from God, but that's not the highest call of a Christian. Matter of fact, the highest call of a Christian isn't even knowing the Bible. Do you know who else knows the Bible? Yeah, Satan knows the Bible. Matter of fact, Satan knows the Bible so well that he can manipulate it and twist it and tell you half-truths to get you to believe something that's not on the track of God. And you should know the Bible. I believe you should study the Bible. You should know how to do the things of God. You should know how to rightly divide the word of God. You should know all these things. You should do that, but it's not the highest call of a Christian. Does anybody know what the highest call of a Christian is today and forever has been? The highest call of a Christian is love. It's the highest call of a Christian. Matter of fact, it's found in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, if I speak in tongues of men or angels, but do not have what? What's it say? Do not have? Come on, help me out today. Do not have? Do not have love. I'm a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. Where's my? They're not up here. That'd be fun. Come on, Joel. Man, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, if I have all knowledge, if I am 100% right, if I have everything figured out, if I know every mystery of God, every question could be answered. Was it the chicken or the egg? If I knew everything, if I had all faith that I could move bounds, but do not have love, I am what? What's it say? I am a nothing, a nothing with that love. If you put this into the context of COVID as a Jesus follower, the context of a Christian as a Jesus follower, if you had all the facts about COVID, if you have all the facts if, about a mask, if the mask works and how you should use it and the best way to use it, or if this is a government mind game or control, if you had all the facts about the vaccine and if big pharma behind it, if you knew this was right or wrong, if there are secret motives or which ones worked, if you had everything about if you knew the origin of COVID, was it Wuhan, big pharma, or a Taco Bell burrito? Come on, somebody. Like if you knew where COVID started, if you had everything right, if you could be 100% dogmatic, absolute truth, and you had no love, it means nothing. If all the facts without love is nothing. If all faith without love, it means nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 3 goes on to say, if I give you all, if I give all my possessions to the poor, all my possessions, if I load the you all up and bring to somebody in need, I love this, if I give over my body to hardship, that I may boast. I mean, if, if I give my whole life to suffering for God, I mean, if you go back to the KJV, this probably has the best way of saying it. It says, if I give my body to be burned, like if a mob that hated Jesus put me on a stake, doused me on gasoline, and lit me on fire, and have not love, it says, I gain, what's it say? I gain nothing. Like you're not making any difference without love. And so the question of the day is really simple. Are you, are you known for your strong opinions or your even stronger love? How are you known by? Are you known for being the guy that's always right? You can ask my wife about that. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? Are you known for your even stronger love, truth, and grace? See, there's real pressure today. And if I'm real honest, the pressure cooker of COVID has turned up in the last few months. I mean, we thought this thing was over, and now it's back. And it's getting worse, and now it seems to be closer than home than ever. And the reality is this pressure cooker is turning up, and it feels like, and it seems like, and it looks like that many more Christians are dying on the hill of mask, dying on the hill of vaccines and politics than the hill of Calvary. 
Like they've shifted. Like where did the love go? People are fighting for personal positions. You don't have to scroll very far to find that. There's a lot of dogma. Like I'm absolutely true. I stand behind this position. Well, no, no, I'm absolutely true. I stand behind my position. It's like, hey, I hate to break the news to you, but you both can't be right. Come on, somebody. But there's a lot of dogma. There's a lot of facts being pushed around. There's a lot of statements and very little questions. Matter of fact, it's probably the most critical place in the world is social media. For some reason, it's allowed or it's acceptable and it's so fired up. There's so much tension in this place. And maybe in the effort to, be person, to personally win a battle, maybe in the effort to personally be right about a mask or vaccines, we can unintentionally win the battle but lose a soul. Because without love, we're not making an impact. You know, we often forget in this season that the greatest thing that's broken is not politics. It's not even health. It's not government. It's not schools. The greatest thing that's broken in this season, it's been the same way since Genesis 3, is our relationships. The greatest thing that's broken is us. It's the relationships around us. You know how many marriages have fallen apart in this season? And not because they were healthy before. It's just now that it's been revealed. Like the pressure revealed what's in us. It didn't make us anything. All of a sudden, we can't hide behind our easy routines. Things have shifted. Man, instead of the, the pandemic bringing us together as Jesus followers and together as a nation in the world, it has done the complete opposite. And I don't know about you, but it feels like Satan is getting a lot of glory in this season. Just me, huh? I mean, it feels like he's just smiling ear to ear as he scrolls through Facebook. And for some reason or another, it seems like we have been completely distracted by this or a shot in the arm, that we maybe lost focus in this season. So I just want to go back to the Bible and talk about what it is to love. Matter of fact, the Bible says that everything God ever said, every law and commandment, every prophet and law, you can hang on two relationships, this relationships that matter so much. Matthew 22, 36 says this, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, he said, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. What he's saying is you love God with every single thing. That we're going to have this relationship figured out. And he says, this is the first and greatest commandment. Is that everything you have is focused on God and you're loving God. And he says the second is like it. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. So now there's two relationships that everything that God has said is built on, about building on loving God and loving people. Now, how do you love people? I love this. I mean, because that, that's a, we all love people differently, don't we? Come on. Oh, man, loving people, it's like going to a restaurant. And if you love somebody, you're going to take them to your favorite restaurant. As a matter of fact, when you get there, you're going to give them the best seat, aren't you? You let them sit in that seat that's a perfect place to sit, and you're not going to order chicken fingers. Come on, somebody. You're like, no, you're not getting that little pony salad. I know you're trying to be on a diet. No, no, no. You're going to give them a steak. Come on, somebody. You got a big old steak, and it's not no six-ounce steak. This is me, my best friend. I love you. You're going to get a 10, 12-ounce steak. I went to the ride the other day and got a hanger steak. Come on, somebody. I mean, this is like, man, I love this steak. And then you're going to get dessert. And it doesn't matter if they want dessert. You're like, you're going to get, you pick one right now. And literally, the guy, guy was with you. He's like, you better pick a dessert. I'm like, bro, I'm doing P90X2. I don't need to eat this, like, 3,000 calories. I'm going to put a pound of fat on after. Get a dessert. I'm like, okay. Okay, so I got some peanut butter ice cream chocolate cake with espresso crust with this marshmallow goodness on top. I had no idea what it was going to be like. This sucker came out three foot tall from the rye. I'm selling the rye today. I don't know why. But this thing came out, and literally, people in the room, I've never seen this before, like this. <gasps> what is that? 
And the whole room like started talking out loud to us. What did you order? What is that thing? And the waiter's like, everybody, this is a peanut butter ice cream. Blah, blah. He goes on about it. I'm like, this is crazy. And I'm sitting going, I cannot believe how good this looks. And by the way, it tasted just as good as it looked. And I did not, I made a new mistake, bring a piece home for Diane. I heard about that. But what's crazy about it is this, is that the world is watching how we love people. Does the world gasp like, wow, I cannot believe you love people like that. Like, that's incredible. And what's really cool about it is, as I sat there and talked to my buddy over the course of 30 or 40 minutes, there was another dessert that came out and another one and another one. And because they saw what we had. And the reality is people see how you love people. And when you love people, you know what you do? You give a generous tip. Come on, somebody. A generous tip. I mean, I don't know about it is when Christians just like stiff people and are stingy. Come to church. Jesus loves you. You can leave a track on the table with a dime. Come on, somebody. Right? Generous tip. I don't ever tip below 20%. I don't care if it was the worst service in the world. I grew up in a family that was like, eh, that wasn't very good. Let's cut and run. You know? It happened, I'm telling you. And uh, the reality is, like, these people serve. It's Labor Day. Come on, tip big today. Come on, somebody, right? Like, thank you for giving. Thank you for serving. These people don't, trust me, they don't love what they do. You wouldn't love if you're doing what they're doing. Give back. But the reality is we tip generously. And then when they leave, we talk behind their back. But we talk good about them. Come on, somebody. We build them up and we care about them. And we serve people and we love people just like we serve and love ourselves. And you think about this idea of loving your neighbor. You know, the greatest neighborhood in the world that we live in, that you live in, is called social media. Every one of these people around us is our neighbor. We're called to love our neighbor like we love ourselves. Matthew twenty-two forty says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What he's saying is this, that every rule, every word of God, every prophecy ever given was to do two things. One was to protect relationships, and two was to promote relationships. If you're not writing things down, this is a great time to write something down. That is so good. That God, everything about the Bible is to help you love God and to love people. This is where it's all at. And if you get this right, all of a sudden your life looks totally different and it's attractional to the world. Jesus is trying to fix what was broken in Genesis chapter three. So the question is, how are your virtual relationships? Like, how's it going online? Pastor, you're really going to talk about that today? <laughs> oh, he's looking at Facebook. I'm a, I'm a Facebook guy. I'm not, I'm not a TikTok guy. I'm not, a, I'm not another guy. I'm a Facebook guy. And so I'm on there, like all us old people, come on, somebody. <laughs> Young people are like, nah, I'm not on that thing. I'm too too for that. But I'm on Facebook. I scroll. I see what's going on. How are your virtual relationships? What are the things we say? How do we treat people? I want to talk about this idea of virtual relationships. This idea of virtual. You guys know what the word virtual means? It's kind of interesting. It means almost or nearly but not complete. Like they're almost relationships. They're nearly complete relationships, but they're not. They're not physically present. And so I think at some level, we don't feel the need to protect or promote those relationships. And so online, we say a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't say in person. Maybe just tell our neighbor how we really think about them. Come on, somebody. Like we can get a little dirty or we can make some sly comments or we can make a post or criticize somebody or criticize a group and all these things because they're just virtual relationships. And I just want to say that maybe we're missing out on the greatest 
opportunity we have as Christians to love our world. We may just be missing it. This might be the greatest opportunity of our lifetime during COVID to show the love of God. Like literally the world is scrolling every day and looking for hope. I mean, in a season where the world is so disruptive, where people are leaving empty religion and people are searching for answers and they don't know what to do and they're full of fear and there's people dying and there's COVID is real. There's people hurting. There's people looking for faith. They don't know what to believe in. Where's the love? I mean, we are maybe missing the greatest opportunity in front of us, maybe in our entire lives. You might look back in 10 years and think, man, I wish I would have just loved better during COVID because I was so busy being right. I wasn't being effective for what God called me to do. You know, people are scrolling through and looking that your life is any different than anybody else's. Like, why would I want to follow what you do? Like, the mark of you as a Jesus follower is that you love. And people are looking for you. They're looking at your marriage and how you love your spouse. They're looking at you when you make a post and somebody shoots an arrow in your back, which has never happened, by the way. You've never been shot in the back, right? Today. Come on, somebody. And how you respond. Like, what did you put in the comment? What did you say? People are reading that and looking at that. Or are your posts encouraging or is this like negative, negative, negative? Man, people look for something fresh. Come on, somebody. It's 2021. We've heard it all. Man, COVID started. Uh, Levi was like, I don't know, just uh, on the right word for this. He was about three days old in the womb. COVID. So that's how old this is. Levi, Levi is, um, is eight months, nine months. Thank you, honey. <laughs> I'm not winning today in my marriage, by the way. We're going to do a marriage. Barry's <laughs> preaching next week on marriage. Come on, somebody. Come on. <laughs> Barry, not preaching on marriage. Forget that. <laughs> We're going to find somebody else to preach on marriage. But anyway, the reality is it's been a long time, right? Like we can be moving past this at some level, right? I mean, literally. I mean, you're, you're talking a year and a half into COVID, and it's like the rhetoric on social media is still so negative, And we can be so different. We can be a disciple. People recognize us by our love. Matter of fact, people should scroll social media and be like, there's that guy again loving so much. How does he do it? It makes no sense. Like, how in the world can he listen and tolerate and endure and put up with those things and, and live with injustice and not get sucked into this vortex? People are looking at this. And so the question today is this. Are you known by your love? Are you known by your love? Matter of fact, I think it's one of the greatest callings as a Christian is that when people go to your funeral, it's like, dude, that guy loved people. That guy wasn't just opinionated. That guy loved people. Romans 2, 4 says this. Do you know that the kindness of God leads to repentance? That it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance and the same thing in our lives today. You know what's attractional to the world is the kindness of God. The love of God in your life leads people to God. Like people don't want to be like us if we look like the rest of the world. People want to be like us because we look like Jesus, amen? And they see how we love and endure and put up with things even though they're not fun or, or they don't feel good in the moment. We don't retaliate. I believe this, our greatest display of Jesus is our love. That's our greatest display of Jesus, that we'd love somebody who thinks different than us, who believes something different about masks than us, who believes in vaccination different, who believes in politics different, whether it's red, whether it's blue, or something other. We love people. Matter of fact, there's a lot of wisdom about loving people. It's found in Proverbs 11.30. It says, the fruit of the righteous is true life, and he who wins souls is wise. It takes some wisdom to love people, doesn't it? It takes a lot of wisdom to love your kids when they're teenagers. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. 
I mean, they're, pull, they're like in the elevator, pushing every button. Do you know how it works? You're fired up. You're like, I didn't know I was so mad sometimes. Like, I've never had these problems until my teenagers start pushing all the buttons. And it's like, COVID, do what? Watch it. <laughs> there's, not, there's not an elevator with enough floors. <laughs> right? I mean, it's what it is. And it's like, it's like COVID. We just see all these people pushing our buttons all the time, and people are fired up. But there's a lot of wisdom in how we lead and love in this season. So I'm going to make this message really practical. How do we lead and love in this season of COVID? As Christians, like what's the wisdom of winning a soul? Like how are we going to do this in this season? Now Jesus called us to love and he's asking me to love, but how do I actually do this? I don't jump back to a verse of the guys in the back, but John 13 says this. John 13, 34, it says, a new commandment I give you. He says, love one another, so Jesus, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Isn't that incredible? That we're supposed to love people as Jesus loved us. Jesus was what? He was patiently enduring for us. I love that Jesus counts, he doesn't count any of our sins against us on the cross. Like he literally took our sin and he doesn't count our wrongs against us. He forgives us. He loves us. He chose to suffer from us. He was crucified by his own creation. I could, hope, I could preach three messages on this, right? We did last three weeks. And so if you don't know what this love of God is, back up last week and the week before. But we are called to love each other as God has loved us. And he says this, by this who everyone, including social media, will know that you are my disciples if you what? If you love one another. Like, you are marked by love. Matter of fact, you don't even have to, to be a Christian to recognize people are Christians. Like, people should know you're different because you are a Christian. This, that guy, wow, I can't believe it, but he, he's still forgiving that person. And that guy's still fighting for his marriage. And, and that guy, he isn't going online and he's posting all this stuff all the time, getting back at people. He's actually asking questions. This is crazy. And that guy's praying all the time. I can't believe he's praying all the time. What is this guy doing? People recognize we're his disciples. And so how do we live and love like Jesus? Like, what does it look like in this season? So I want to give you, I'm going to give you four or give you five quick transitions. I'm going to change it up at the end. But I'm going to give you five quick transitions. How do we live and love in this season of COVID? What's the wisdom of winning a soul? Number one, if you're taking notes, we have to switch from dogma to dialogue. From dogma to dialogue. What's this mean? Is that when Jesus led, Jesus always worked in a one to small situation. You know, in, in church, we oftentimes want to unmarry, or as Christians, the truth of God from the methods of God. Like, we want to tell people the truth so we make a post, but the method Jesus used wasn't a group of people like a large crowd. Jesus always grew people from one to small. Jesus pulled aside the disciples and said, hey, I'm going to teach you how to be followers of men, or fishers of men. He said, I'm going to uh, take up your cross and I yourself and follow me. He said that to his disciples. He didn't go preach a message on a mountain and tell the world they're going to hell. He, he, he pulled them in tight. He built relationships. And so there's dogma, but there's dialogue. There's a conversation. Basically what's happening is, is that life change happens best in relationships. There's these intentional discipleship environments, and Jesus created these environments. Basically the proclamation of truth happens best in the conversation, not a post. The reality is how many people are we changing? It doesn't matter if I post up there about Jesus all the time. Who is being affected? What's the outcome? How many people are turning to your post or your belief because you made the post? How many people are actually different because of that? The reality is they're different because we love them and we care about them and we have a dialogue. Come on, somebody. You guys are awfully quiet today. I must be stepping on some toes. 
but we have a dialogue. Like we sit down and have a conversation. Like we actually talk like humans and we say, hey, I just, why are you passionate about that? Where'd that come from? But we gotta be careful that our personal preferences or even the truth does not trump loving other people. And it's so easy to do on social media. I mean, you can get on your phone right now. You can scroll three things and you're gonna see somebody trump in love with an opinion. It happens all day long, every single day. It's truth and grace, though. We have to say the truth. We have to be grace-filled. And we can't just be grace-filled without the truth. We're not seeing kumbaya. Come on, somebody. We preach the truth. We love Jesus. See, truth without grace is like surgery without anesthesia. Like, we can tell them the truth and be like, you need to do this but have no grace and no love with it. Matter of fact, a lot of posts are more about conformity and validation than probably about love. Amen, pastor. <laughs> Preach it, because that's so true. Because nobody made the post because they love somebody. They just want to think like them. Okay, I'm off my hobby horse. Back to the notes. All right, it's easy more passionate about a mask or vaccines than loving people that we disagree with. It's so easy. It's so easy to get on a hobby horse or stand on top of this idea or ideology that's not filtered with love. So the question is, are you stewarding your platform well? Is there truth and grace? Are we loving people different than ourselves? Do people know that? I'll give you a little hint. If all else fails, what do you do when you're posting? Dogma or dialogue, all else fails. Proverbs 17, 28 says this, even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. When their mouths are shut, they seem intelligent. Dude, you can be really dumb and look smart, come on, somebody, by saying nothing. You can really, you, you literally can have a high opinion, and you can be right, but it's not the right time or place. Like, you can look really smart, but you can also be really smart and look dumb. Come on, somebody. That would never happen. And I'm telling you today, I'm not saying to be apolitical. I'm not saying not be passionate about what you believe in. I'm not saying don't vote. I'm not saying don't call your senator up and give him a piece of your mind. I'm not calling when it comes time to, to, to when you're talking to your neighbors and your friends about what you believe. I'm not saying don't have those conversations. But what I am saying is there is a way to do it with love. Amen? We can do that. We can do that. All right, second transition. Two. So we went from dogma to dialogue. Now we're going to go from drawing lines to crossing lines. We have to start crossing lines in this season. You know, Jesus crossed cultural lines all the time. In his day and age, he crossed a lot of lines. As a matter of fact, he hung out with people that didn't look anywhere close to him, didn't believe anything like he believed. He crossed lines to hang out with prostitutes. Come on, somebody. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's a big line. He hung out with tax collectors. One of the biggest lines he crossed is you talk to a Samaritan woman. So he physically crossed a border, so like a country line. He crossed a cultural line. He, he crossed a gender line. He, he crossed every line to go talk to the Samaritan woman at the well. That's what Jesus did. He's always crossing lines. Matter of fact, he crossed the line to hang out with Nicodemus. The Bible calls him a great Pharisee. Matter of fact, Jesus crossed the line like at one in the morning. You know nothing good happens at one in the morning. Come on, somebody. And Jesus crossed the line at one in the morning to go hang out with a Pharisee because this Pharisee didn't want to be killed. And so this Pharisee's like, hey, can I hang out at one in the morning? I'll be, meet you at the tree, you know, whatever. Jesus hung out with Nicodemus late at night. He hung out with people who looked nothing like him, people who didn't believe anything like he believed. Mark 2.17 says this on hearing this. Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinner. Dude, Jesus hung out with people who believed nothing like we believe. Matter of fact, he hung out with the anti-vaxxers and he hung out with the vaxxers. Come on, somebody. He hung out with people with masks on and he probably wore a mask. And he hung out with people who didn't wear masks. He didn't wear a mask. Jesus was all things to all people that he may win some. Jesus crossed every line possible. Jesus wasn't put in a box. You know, Jesus didn't come as a political revolutionist. 
He, he didn't come to change the government system. He didn't come to take over the Roman government. He didn't come to establish the nation of Israel. He didn't get into politics. He came because he wanted to see souls rescued, and he crossed every single line to do it. And Jesus did it with a lot of questions. Jesus asked a lot of questions. Jesus, matter of fact, Jesus was the best question, the master of questions. He said stuff like this, who do men say that I am? Hey, Peter, tell me, what's everybody talking about, you know? What are they saying? What, well, who do you think I am, Peter? He said, uh, why are you so afraid? We're going to hear that verse in a little bit. He said, do you believe? That's a great question. We can see a lot of souls change by that question. Uh, do you want to get well? Like, he'd ask people if they want to get healed. He didn't just go heal them. Like, do you want to get healed? Do you want to get changed? Hey, this is a great question we should all start asking. What does the scripture say? Even Jesus, man, he's teaching them that. He said, why do you doubt? Uh, who do you say I am? Jesus always started with questions. Because here's the thing, if we start with a comment or we start with a post, the post is about us. But questions always start with somebody else, don't they? And if you want to raise families or you want to, like, make disciples or you want to see people's lives change, we got to be good at questions. we got to be good at asking questions. I mean, like, why are you so passionate about wearing that mask? Nobody's asked me that question. Somebody asked you that question? Like, why, why, why don't you want to get vaccinated? Like, why, why are you so passionate about that? What's your experience with this? Hey, why, why, do, why do you feel that way about the government? Like, where, where are you coming from with that? And not because you're trying to convince them of something you believe. You're just trying to understand who they are and listen to them. That's what you do. You don't have to, it's not about masks. It's about souls, amen? It's about vaccines. I mean, do we have the ultimate cure in Jesus, but we're not going to talk about it because we can't get past the fact they want a vaccine here on earth, you know? It's like, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It's, it's a mute point. Whether you're unvaccinated or vaccinated, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, do what? We love you, amen? You are welcome here at Real Life. Come on, somebody. Can I say our church is not a country club? Like, if we led the church, like a lot of people lead social media, all we'd say is, hey, you're only welcome here if you look like this. If you can wear these kind of pants and you know how to swim in a golf club and you drink a lot of beer, come on, somebody. This is not a country club. <laughs> somebody, somebody knows about that. Somebody out there in the golf course is doing those things. I don't know, whatever. But the reality is not a country club. We want people here that love Jesus, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or something else, whether you hate masks or love masks, whether you think the government's behind everything or not behind everything, whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. We are for all people, amen? Come on, we got to get this right. We live under the banner of Jesus. We die on the hill of Calvary. That's who we are as a church. That's who we are as Jesus followers. Although you should be passionate about these things, but we've got to do them in love, in love. So are you stewarding your platform well? Are you crossing lines or are you drawing lines? You know, we can alienate the very people we're trying to reach by simply drawing a line. Matter of fact, Billy Graham did this a whole lot. He was a hardcore right side Republican. He was going far, and he said, you know what? People aren't even listening to me anymore because I'm so much about politics, I forgot about being for Jesus. And he changed up how he started doing ministry. Are we using the methods of Jesus? Are we asking questions? Are we just making statements? Third transition is this, worry to prayer. This is so big for us in this time. We went from like no COVID, boom, shutting down. I was, a, I was like Disney World, and then all of a sudden like we're shutting down the church next Sunday. I'm like, cool, what happened? You know, there's a lot, big change. And we, we ran and pivoted. You guys remember pivot, 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 every pivot forever, forever, ever. And we ran hard, and then we got it figured out, but we had all different roles. We're online, we're on Zoom, and you're cussing out the computer because it's not working right. And you can't get in the meetings. All those things happen. And then we thought, Woo, it's slowing down, we're getting over it, and it came back. Come on, somebody. And then we're frustrated and we're irritated. Now we're in that second round of like, what we do with masks? Are we going to be you know, quarantining again? All these things are going worse and worse and worse. And there's so much new things happening. We can have so much to talk about every single day. 
Like on social media, we can always talk about the next school board thing or the next city thing or the next this thing. And we have all these moments of anxiety and opinion when God is telling us to pray. Come on, somebody, to pray. If anything, COVID should have been the greatest movement of prayer in the history of our country. This moment of COVID should have brought this revolution, should have brought this revival of prayer. See, the Bible teaches this. It says in Philippians 4, it says, do not worry about anything, instead pray about everything, everything. And I don't know about you, but it just seems like, and it feels like, and it looks like prayer is not in the equation. I mean, the post, are we praying for our leaders? I don't know what you think about Joe Biden, but are you praying for Joe Biden? I know we all were worried, like, what's gonna happen with these masks in the school board meeting, but we're praying for the school board. There's people that come to our church that sit on school boards and parks and rec boards and city council, all these things. It's a hard job. They don't know what to do all the time, and they're gonna mess it up, and I'm gonna mess it up. But I hope God is in it. I hope it's not just, well, what they want or what I want. I hope it's what God wants. And so I'm just praying for our leaders in our country because the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders or we marked by prayer. Every time you get worried and you're fearful, what's gonna happen and you're worried about getting sick and all of a sudden COVID is kind of surrounding you and all these things are happening, are you just settling and saying, okay, I'm praying? What would happen if our church, come on somebody, just prayed. Every headline, praying. Every time the decision made, praying. I mean, God would shape this country. And God would shape us. And our community and our families would be totally different because we're not sitting there trying to figure it all out or tell people to live their lives. We're just letting God take control of the situation. And people may see God in us because God is in us. Fourth transition, critic to champion. This is a big one. I don't know about you, but it seems like critic has been like the main theme of COVID. Like for some reason, as COVID has pulled back, the mask and the pressure has gotten bigger. I mean, everything's risen and things are just not normal. We have no idea of normal anymore. Normal is just crazy, right? And it seems like everybody's become a critic. Matter of fact, I wrote the message and I got back on social media like we all do. I'm scrolling and the first thing I see here, look, there's a meme. Oh, there's another meme. There's another meme. Political. Here's Joe Biden, you know, looking like this. Here's this. Here's Trump that. Everything is just so critical. Everybody's got their Fauci thing. Everybody's got their president thing, their government thing. I mean, you got the, hey, there's all these dumb sheep that just follow. Oh, interesting. So I'm, I'm not insulted. That's cool. Or maybe I am. I don't know. Or, or maybe people say all those idiots that are anti-vaxxers. Or how dumb you are to get vaccinated. I talked to a guy this week, got vaccinated. Another guy got upset with him. And he lost a friendship because he got vaccinated. I mean, everybody seems to be a critic in this season. But I will say this, and this is what the Bible says. We are called to be champions. Matthew 12 says this. He says, this is Jesus, I tell you that everyone will give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they've spoken. Every empty word. That's tough. This little tongue thing, I was brushing it the other morning. I was like, wow, that sucker is big. Seriously, I was like, this thing gets me a lot of trouble because I can just unfilter say things. But the reality is that we give an account to Jesus 
that we stand or kneel or just lay down in front of God and give an account for every idle word, every empty word, that every empty word, it's a, it's a word that's hollow, a word that was dishonoring, a word that was disunifying, a word that we thought was truth but turned out not to be true, a dogma that was disproven. For every idle word that we spoke in our lifetime, we will stand before God and give an account. I don't know about you, but social media makes it seem like there might be some long lines. Amen, pastor. It ain't happening. All right, last transition. Business to rest. I love this one. Business to rest. In the storm of COVID, I mean, we were running, pivoting, changing, came back again, blah, blah, blah. And we've been just encircled, like just busy, constantly trying to figure out life. And instead of resting, we were leading on empty. And marriages are breaking, relationships are breaking, and everything's just moving sideways for people because they're not living in the state of rest with God. And I just want to remind you guys, where was Jesus during the storm? Matthew 8, I love this. Suddenly a furious storm came on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was what? He was, he was sleeping in the storm. He was at total peace. And the disciples went and they woke him up, Jesus, come on, Jesus, Lord, save us, we're gonna drown. And he replied, don't miss this, he's still laying down. Oh, you little faith, why did you wake me up? Why are you so afraid? And it says, he got up, he was laying there resting, and he woke me up because of storm? Are you serious? Why are you so, he rebukes him as he's laying on his pillow. And then he gets up and he says, he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. I love this. Jesus, literally just standing there and be like, going back to bed. Don't wake me. Get a bigger storm coming. He goes back. To, I mean, it's like literally, we're in COVID. Do you realize that Jesus could calm the storm if he wanted to? Come on, somebody. I mean, Jesus knows exactly what's happening in this season. Jesus is at well rest. The world one's freaking out. Come on, God. Come on. And God's like, I got this. Oh, I got this. I know exactly what's going on. Oh yeah, that storm? Yeah, it'll pass, I got it. I'll get it, I'll get it on my time. I know exactly what I'm doing. And this season, I wanna encourage you this. Don't be easily woken from the presence of God. Don't live this busy body, tell everybody how to live a life with all these things happening with COVID. Don't be freaking out the government's going sideways if you think this way. Don't freak out if people are getting vaccinated or unvaccinated. Don't freak out about masks. Don't freak out about stuff because you should be at rest. Come on, somebody. This is me today, preaching to me. Storm called to rest. Final transition, this is a bonus transition. We start with the question, should you get vaccinated? And I fully intend to answer this question but I'm gonna answer it with a transition. See, it's not should you get vaccinated is not the right question. The question is, should I get vaccinated? That we should be less worried about everybody else is doing and more concerned what I'm doing in this season. So I'm not gonna tell you to get vaccinated, come on somebody, or not vaccinated, because that's really not the question. The real question is, should I do this? I don't need to worry about what everybody else is doing. I have no place to give you advice on a vaccination. Come on, somebody. You do not want me to tell me how to do your health stuff, okay? I'm the last person. You can end up dead. Come on, somebody. Like, you don't want me to tell you what to do with your life. But I can trust that God is in control, and the only person I can control in this season is myself. 
I can control how I love. I can control every word I speak. If I'm building people up, I control if I'm praying. I control if I'm leading well. I control if I respond into the garbage that's being pushed. I can respond with a loving kindness. I, I can control everything about me, but I can't control anybody else. And as a soul winner, as a Jesus follower, I just want to tell you that it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter if you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. It doesn't matter if you voted for Joe Biden or didn't vote for Joe Biden, okay? We already know who you voted for. Come on, somebody. We're on social media. We know. We got it. We understand. The bottom line is we still love you. Amen? We love you. I know we'll be surprised when we get to heaven and there's going to be Democrats and Republicans and independents. Come on, somebody. Is Ross Perot's ears gonna make it to heaven? You know what I mean? Like, what? we're gonna be surprised when there's maybe different people that look different than us. When, like, when Jesus crossed that line of race, there's gonna be different people. Look, I know people, some people are surprised that there are black people and Asian people in different cultures in heaven. I'm telling you, it's gonna be a shock for people. Some people, not, not you guys, but other people, right? There is these things. So am I vaccinated? I'll throw out there, am I vaccinated? I'm for Jesus, come on, somebody. I'm for Jesus. If you want to know I'm vaccinated, you can come up, I'll have a private conversation, I'll let you know where I'm at. But you know, it's my personal opinion, that's where I'm at. The harvest is great in this generation, but the workers are few. God has called us to love in this generation, that we cross lines, that we ask questions, that we pray continually for every single thing, that we champion people and we rest in this season. Man, people should gasp because of the way we love people so well. We ain't serving the world, no chicken fingers. Come on, somebody. Today, we're gonna deliver a steak, and so you're gonna have a little challenge today on social media. For the next week, we're gonna do a Jesus social media push. Come on, somebody. That we're gonna love people on social media. For some of you, are like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna know who takes this challenge or not in the first five minutes. Come on, somebody. Somebody's gonna be like, Pastor, want me to do this today? I'm not. <laughs> There's gonna be somebody. But are you known for your love today? Are you known for your love? That's the question. Father, we come before you. God, we pray as a Jesus generation, God, above everything, every opinion, every post, God, that we be known for our love. Some of us have maybe walked away from that. Some of us have been so focused in this season or so worried or so convinced that these things are right and wrong that we've forgotten how to love. And so God, I pray today that those of us in this room that need to love better, including myself, God, that we walk out of here full of love and grace and mercy and forgiveness, and we love others as you have loved us. And that we would just drop the conversations that point people away from Jesus, but we'd start the conversations that help people follow Jesus, that people would follow you because we love them so much. I pray that we'd be the kind of Christians that attract people to God, that attract people that follow God, that changes their life, Pray the kind of Christians that are salt and light in this generation. And God, I pray you give us heavenly wisdom on how to win souls because we have the greatest opportunity sitting in front of us to change the world by our love. I wanna pray for a group of people today. Those of you who'd say, you know what? I recognize who Jesus is. I recognize that Jesus doesn't care about a lot of things I care about. And I may have gotten this wrong. And today I need to just say, God, I'm repentant, dude. Like I'm turning back to you. I've used social media as a platform for myself and I've forgotten about you. And today I wanna to follow you in this area. I want you to help me grow in this area. And if that's you with being bold, with Satan watching and Jesus, come on somebody. We just raise your hand and say, you know what? I'm just changing my ways a little bit today. I'm gonna to love people like Jesus loves people. Put those hands up across this place if that's you. Come on. Every single one of us have been in this spot. God, you see the hands. 
God, you know the hearts. God, I pray you do a work that only you can do inside of us. God, that the pressure comes and what's inside of us is good because it comes from you. And we're not worried about convincing somebody else because we know who we are. We know who you call us to be. And God, we're following you. So God, help us be the generation that is marked by love. Help us to be less of ourselves and more like you. Help us to serve some steaks this week. Help us to see lives changed. I pray for the last group of people that those you say, I need Jesus. I need the hope of the world and salvation. I recognize that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. That he doesn't count my sins against me. And I've been living life for myself and I've missed the mark, but today I recognize who Jesus is. And who is Jesus? He's a sinless son of God. He died on the cross for 2,000 years ago. If you need to say yes to Jesus, the Bible says that your sins be forgiven, you made new, made whole. You are confessed about the Lord Jesus, be saved. And so today, if you need Jesus, I'd be looking around. This is your moment. You need to repent and turn to God. If that's you, just put your hand there and say, I need Jesus today. Maybe you're online and say, dude, I need Jesus. If that's you, just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you much for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending the best. Thank you for tolerating, enduring, forgiving, walking, running, and coming to me. And so, God, you can have my life. I want to serve you. I've been marked by your love. God, I'll be just like you. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, real life. Let's give it up for God's doing the day. Come on. Hey, if that's you today and you've made the decision to follow Jesus today, we are so excited for you. And whether you are joining us online or in person, I have a couple of next steps for you. The first one is this. You can take out your phone and text RLNEXT to 97000. That's going to connect you to our website, to some resources to get you started on your journey with Jesus. It's also going to connect you to a place where you can share your story with us. And our team would love nothing more than to be able to reach out to you, see what God is doing in your life, and encourage you on that journey. And if you happen to be with us here in person, there is a table on the way out of the worship center. You can grab that red bag, has a Bible in it. It's our free gift to you and also some information about those resources. So I do hope that you'll connect with that if you've made that decision today. I was thinking there used to be, I'm going to age myself a little bit, but not a lot of it, but that's because I'm not that old. Um, but they used to have those bracelets that said WWJD. That was a lot of explanation about I'm, I'm middle-aged. It's okay. Um, <laughs> used to say WWJD, and there's a movement, it's an organization I follow on um, Instagram that has something that I really thought of in our encouragement for this week, and it doesn't ask the question anymore, it just answers it. It says H-H-W-F, or no, I can't spell. He would love first. It doesn't have to ask the question anymore because we don't have to ask the question, what would Jesus do in this situation? Because we already know he would love first. And so this week, let me encourage you again to make that be the mark of your life. As you go out into social media, as you go out into a restaurant, into relationships, into text messages, anywhere that you encounter people this week, let your words be marked with love. I think that we could make a revolution of love in Jesus followers across our social media this week. So I hope that you will join us in that effort to really change the face of our social media, to make it be a place of encouragement, of love, where people see Jesus through us and they are like, man, I've got to get some of that Jesus. And so I do hope that you'll take that challenge seriously this week. But I have a couple of really fun um, announcements for us. The first one is this. And on September 26th, so just in a few weeks, we are celebrating our fourth birthday of real life. Yeah, that's right. Give it up. God is good. He's the only one who did this. 
Um, but we are going to celebrate in the best way possible. We're celebrating with baptisms. And so if you have started a relationship with Jesus, if you've been following him for a while, but you've never been baptized, if you just have some questions and want to learn more about what does baptism look like, how does that affect my life as a Jesus follower, we would love it if you would go to our website. When you pull it up, there's a place you can just click on baptism. There's a little button on there. It's going to have you fill out a little form, and that is not signing up to get baptized, but it's signing up so that a member of our team can reach out and connect with you, answer your questions, see if that's something that may be your next step with Jesus. But I do hope if you've been thinking about that, if you've recently started a relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect you with baptism and that next step in your walk with him. It's an amazing morning getting to hear and see what God is doing in the lives of people. So even if you've already been baptized, I hope that you'll join us for our birthday celebration because it's going to be awesome. And another thing we're doing, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of September 11th um, next week. And so Real Life wanted to do something to make a difference in our community. And so next week, we are having First Responder Sunday. We're going to take some time to honor those in our community, our first responders, people who day in, day out, week in, week out, are making a difference meeting people in a place of their great need and emergencies in their life and hardships. And so my encouragement for you this week is that as you walk out of the worship center, we are going to do a couple things that are awesome. We are going to send a Jiggy Pig meal to all of the first responders across our city in Raymore and Belton next Sunday morning so that they can be honored in that way. We have some signs out, but what I need from you guys is we have a table out here just when you walk out of the worship center and there's a bunch of cards, like a bunch of cards. And so what we need you guys to do is to write two, three, four, seven. Lunch doesn't start for a while. You can make a lot of cards, but we want to give some handwritten cards to honor our first responders. This is going to go to our police, fire departments, EMTs, paramedics all across Belton and Raymore. But we want to really show them that from real life, we love them. We care thankful for them. We care about them. And so please, please jump out, take a second to write some letters just to encourage them on your way out today. And we can do all of that because you guys are generous, because we have a generous church that loves to serve and loves to get back. And so when you give at Real Life, we are able to do things like honor those people, like have birthday celebrations, have baptisms. And so let me encourage you to continue to do that, to feed the thing that feeds you. When you get encouragement here, you can give back. And then when we serve the community, you serve the community through your generosity. And you can do that by going to reallifechurchkc.com, click give. You can text any amount to 84321, or we have a giving box in the back where you you can drop cash or check if that is more convenient for you. And then lastly, wow, there's a lot of things going on. It's a great time to be at Real Life. Our life groups are starting up in just a couple weeks, so check out this video. Thank you, Real Life, for leaning in this morning as Pastor Sean reminded us how important it is to love people. This is the last week of our series, questions. But don't fret, if you still have more questions or you want to continue this conversation, you can keep texting RL questions to 97,000. And don't forget to jump in live on Facebook this Tuesday at 1 p.m. as Sean and Diane tackle those questions. Can you believe it's been 20 years since the tragic events of 9-11? That's actually next weekend. So here at Real Life Church, we're going to press pause that Sunday. And we're gonna honor our local first responders while we also dedicate that Sunday to all the people that lost their lives in the tragedy. It's not gonna be the same without you. We hope that you'll come join us at Real Life Church next weekend for what's gonna prove to be a powerful Sunday. I can't wait to see you there.
Man, what an awesome day. Pastor Sean, just thank you for that encouragement. Hey, don't forget about, as your way out, fill out some of those cards. Be that first step of encouragement on the original social media cards. I know it's been a long time since I've written one. I can't wait to go write a couple. So do that on your way out. I uh, can't wait to see the encouragement you guys are going to push out in the social media world this, this week. Can't wait to see how that goes. Uh, do not forget to get signed up for a life group, man. It will change the next several months of your life. I know it changes mine every semester. I can't wait to see you guys get plugged in and see how God works in your guys' life. Hey, if you need uh, prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. We'll see you guys next week again at 930 and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week.